is the Fantasy Ladder Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Steve, at Fantasy Ladder. This podcast is brought to you by the IDP Guys Network from idpguys.org. So welcome once again, my fantasy football friends and family. Let's climb the ladder of fantasy football together. So in this episode, I'm going to be going over my 2022 rookie ranks for running backs and wide receivers. In the previous episode, I went over my quarterbacks and tight ends. So be sure to check that out if you missed that one. And I'm just going to be touching on some of these players, uh, not really doing a deep dive into their profiles. So what I would recommend you do is to go to idpguys.org, purchase the Rookie Magazine. This is a fantastic resource, awesome written content, really impressive stuff from, from the writers at IDP Guys. Take that, take what you can get from this, go through the YouTube channel, look at all the mock draft videos we have, just so you can be as prepared as possible for your ever-important upcoming rookie drafts. Okay, so let's start with the running backs. We'll pull those up. All right, so tier one, we have New York Jets, Brees Hall, uh, definitely the most complete back in this class, a very good landing spot on an offense that is definitely ascending. Uh, this draft pick uh, in the NFL draft was quite devastating for anyone who was a shareholder of Michael Carter. Um, I don't think Carter is completely done for at this point, but it definitely hurts his uh, long-term value with the most complete back in Brees Hall there. And he is my 101. I would not hesitate to do this. There would be very rare circumstances where I think uh, quarterback uh, Kenny Pickett would be the pick at 101. Uh, but unless you are even remotely set at quarterback, uh, Brees Hall is the way to go. Tier two, a uh, pretty tight tier for me. It's Seattle running back Kenneth Walker and Buffalo running back James Cook. I think James Cook is more of a late first round target. Uh, he will profile as, as a pass catching running back in, in the NFL and being in that awesome Buffalo offense alongside of Josh Allen, I think is a really attractive landing spot. But Kenneth Walker does get a little bit of, of an edge here. Uh, he does land in Seattle, so it is not as good of an offense. So that is definitely a concern. But I think a realistic landing spot that you could expect Walker to be drafted in is between the 1.04 and the 1.07. I don't see him making it past the 107. Uh, I do see scenarios where he could be taken ahead of 1.04. But if that does happen and you're in that range, well, you're just going to be getting a much better wide receiver in that case. But what's most appealing about Walker is that uh, he automatically becomes, if not the best, second best uh, running back in Seattle. And the presumed starter before the NFL draft, Rashad Penny, is only on a one-year deal at this point. Uh, so it may be a little bit of a slow rookie season if you do take the, the plunge on Walker pretty early in the first round. But I believe uh, 2023 and beyond, uh, it'll be his backfield. Tier three, we have uh, Houston running back uh, Damian Pierce. I like him as a late first round selection. If you do need a running back, uh, I think realistically he could be late first into the early second 
but I would not hesitate to take him in the late first. Uh, and it really just kind of depends on how the draft goes, right? So because there's a, a lot of question marks at the at the quarterback position, if more quarterbacks are going in the first round, uh, which is plausible, then Pierce may be dropped down to even the, the, the mid-second, and that would be even better value for him. But I'm pretty bullish on him. I do think that the Houston Texans offense is, is pretty sneaky good. Now, with Pierce and with a lot of these running backs that we're going to touch on, there's going to be just a lot of crowded houses. So a lot of these guys are just going to be buried on the depth chart. Um, but just considering maybe their draft capital or just the players themselves or the teams they're on, still interesting guys that I would be, not be shy about being aggressive on including Damian Pierce, the uh, productive running back out of Florida. Then we go down to Tampa Bay, uh, Rashad White. I would easily take him in the middle of, of the second round of any rookie draft. Uh, Rashad White was the fourth running back drafted in the NFL draft uh, by Tampa Bay. So he will likely already be the presumed backup to Leonard Fournette, who hasn't exactly had a clean bill of health through his career, uh, but he definitely would project to be the the backup. Still have Keyshawn Vaughn there, still have Giovanni Bernard there, so, so that could potentially be a mess, uh, but I think Rashad White is versatile enough and was productive enough in college that it would be uh, I think silly for, for them to, to not lean on him, but as long as Tom Brady is the quarterback in Tampa Bay, that is still a very attractive uh, offense to uh, target players for, especially uh, at the running back position. And the Los Angeles chargers selected Isaiah Spiller in the fourth round. Uh, Spiller is a very talented player. His value did drop a bit in the pre-draft process after the season ended as he was struggling with an injury and couldn't perform uh, much in, at, the, at the NFL Combine and didn't do so well in his pro day. But Justin Herbert is a quarterback. He's coming into his prime here. Spiller is kind of positioned behind already studly Austin Eckler, but you know, in the case that Fournette misses time and uh, you like Rashad White, in the case that Eckler may just miss some time, Spiller becomes a very interesting uh, player. So Spiller and White, in the case that the starter may miss a few weeks, they they may hold a flex appeal uh, as early as their rookie season. So not a bad uh, player to take in, in the mid to late second round, especially if you are uh, if you are running back needy. Tier four, we have four players here. Atlanta Falcons, Tyler Algier. I would take him in the late second to the early third. It is just an offense that is completely in transition at this point without Matt Ryan, the, the longtime franchise quarterback for them. They're likely to start the season with Marcus Mariota as a starter, but that they did draft uh, Desmond Ritter. So a lot of interesting parts there. Uh, Atlanta still has Cordero Patterson, who plays in the wide receiver and the running back role, and uh, Damian Williams as well, who's a little bit of an older vet, but still a very solid player. Uh, but I do like uh, Tyler Algier a lot. Uh, my comp for him coming in was James Conner. So I think it's a very interesting um, spot for him to land in, despite the Falcons likely to be a a poor a poor performing team uh likely uh this season as well as next so it might be a little bit of a long game there with him i love him as a player i think he could step in 
and uh, and be a difference maker, especially in the same case with like Spiller and White. If if uh, Patterson were to go down, if Damian Williams, you know, says something like that, I think he becomes very interesting. Las Vegas uh, Raiders selected uh, Zamir White. Uh, where did he go? In, in the fourth round as well, in the middle of the fourth round. And what's interesting about them is that they are uh, are another offense on the rise. A new head coach, uh, Josh McDaniels, uh, the longtime uh, offensive coordinator for the Patriots. So that's really interesting. And uh, Devontae Adams is now in, in Las Vegas as well. So a lot of really interesting movement on that team. And one of the recent developments that has me having Zamir White this high is the fact that the Raiders did not um, pick up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. So I think that's a pretty significant development. Uh, Zamir White very well could be the starter in in 2023. Uh, But again, a very talented back from Georgia, uh, not a bad type of player to try to have a lottery ticket on at this point. A lot of patience is going to be needed for... Rashad White and down. So Zamir White, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Spiller, all these guys, a little bit of patience, but definitely good prospects to um, try to capitalize on. Then Washington selected Brian Robinson uh, out of Alabama, another really strong player. Uh, This was a bit of a surprise because they still have um, Antonio Gibson and JD McKissick and Jared Patterson, who was one of my favorite prospects coming into the season last year. Uh, small school guy uh, actually performed quite well when he was given the opportunity, but with Brian Robinson coming in, he just becomes the de facto, at least backup, you know, and, and could very well be a, a one, two punch there with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. So that's a really interesting spot. Uh, would absolutely smash his name in their early to mid third round of your rookie draft. Then San Francisco, (laughs) they drafted yet again, another running back and with pretty strong draft, uh, draft capital, they drafted uh, Ty Davis uh, price, excuse me, Ty Davis price um, in the third round. So because that is another offense that, that, that 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 running backs can thrive in uh in the mid to late third round he's definitely a, an attractive type of a running back to grab there elijah mitchell is still there very good player i don't see any reason why he won't be the presumed starter for uh 2022 um and the 49ers still have trey sermon and uh, a bunch of other guys behind him, uh, Jeff Wilson, or and maybe and maybe Jeff Wilson, it becomes a, a cut candidate, you know? So, so it's hard to say uh, right now, but definitely the 49ers, good spot for a running back. So I think he's very interesting in that mid to late third round. Then tier five, six, seven, and eight, these are all essentially uh, taxi squad players, okay? So you really want to have lowered expectations now from this point on. I mean, even with um, Tyler Allegier, Zamir White, Brian Robinson, that tier as well, but even more so the, 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 the drop off is very steep um, and that can be typical, but, but especially in this case, uh, but there is a lot to like with, with these players here. So the Arizona Cardinals drafted uh, Keontae Ingram, 
I like him as a late third, early fourth round target. Uh, they don't have a ton of players in that backfield. They do have James Conner, uh, a very easy player to root for, a very productive player last year. No Chase Edmonds. And the only other running back there that I can think of right now is Eno Benjamin. I don't think the Eno Benjamin experience is, is really going to work out ever. So I think he becomes the de facto number two and a very attractive and fantasy-friendly offense that he's a part of there now. So definitely a player I would take if I'm if I'm running back needy there in the late third, early fourth, but straight to the taxi squad. I'm not expecting him to be a year one um, even flex option. Uh, just deep on the bench or, or on the taxi squad, that that's the expectation, again, you want to have with, with this player all the way down here. Los Angeles Rams. Drafted uh, Kyron Williams, the uh, pass-catching specialist uh, running back out of Notre Dame. Another interesting player whose value dipped a bit, uh, uh, a bunch after the combine and the pre-draft testing, but he lands in a fantastic offense. So the backfield is pretty crowded at this point. They obviously have Cam Akers and they have Daryl Henderson, who's also a pass-catching type of running back, and Sony Michelle. Now, this might be that Sony Michelle becomes a cut candidate. So he might just be like the number three, just waiting for, you know, uh, you know, a little hamstring injury, and then boom, he 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 can he can be on the field. Um, so in the early to mid-fourth, uh, a very nice lottery ticket there. Tennessee drafted Hassan Haskins. I like him as a mid-fourth round pick. They are a run-heavy team. The big dog Derrick Henry is still there. Um if he were to not be able to play, uh, there is not much behind him. So Haskins could compete for that backup job. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. So very productive player, very talented player in a run-heavy scheme. Uh, really one of the better lottery picks again. And then we have Kansas City. Chiefs selecting uh, Isaiah uh, Pacheco. I like him as a late fourth, early fifth round target, a very productive player at Rutgers. He's a, he's a little on the older side. He is 23 years old. A lot of these running backs are coming in at uh, 20, 21, sometimes 22. So he's already 23. So that side's a little bit up there. Uh, but again, you're just trying to capitalize on, on the awesome landing spot in Kansas City. And that's what you want to do. Just see what happens. Uh, the uh, cost benefit is way better um, when you're targeting the the landing spot rather than like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who just unfortunately hasn't panned out, but he was arguably, you know, a top three, maybe first overall pick. He's like, wow, like the, the Chiefs got him in the first round, really awesome offense. So in, in this case, the uh, opportunity cost is a little bit more attractive, but again, total total flyer because the Chiefs still have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who I think isn't necessarily done in the league, but he just has been a disappointment. And then they brought in Ronald Jones. So again, just the, the depth chart angle, but a good player, but just do not expect much unless a lot goes wrong in that backfield. Tier six, we have New England Patriots. Pierre Strong, uh, pass catching uh, type of a running back. So there, there's a very interesting potential. He could f fulfill the uh, James White role. Um, 
The only problem is, is that the Patriots already have so many running backs on the roster. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, um, Pierre Strong. And then they took another running back in this draft. And we'll get to him, uh, Kevin Harris, in a little bit. So it's just a bizarre move. Um, they just they just love uh, to have that crowded house uh, of a running back situation. It's very bizarre to me. But really good player. Very good offense. So again, we're talking lottery tickets. Can't go wrong there. Just hit them on the on the taxi and and see what happens. Same same with Tyler Beatty out of uh, who was drafted by Baltimore. Uh, another player who will profile as a pass catching type. They do a lot of power running with, with J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So he would be a unique presence perhaps in in the passing game. But then you still have to worry about uh, Lamar Jackson and, and his rushing ability. Again, one of my favorite prospects coming into this process lands on a fantastic offense. So I would absolutely be thrilled to have him in the fifth round, along with Pierre Strong. Tier seven and eight, these are guys who are borderline uh, draftable players, definitely targets in the late fifth. We got Jerome Ford, who had a very productive senior season out of Cincinnati. He goes to the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns but he will be uh, buried behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Kevin Harris, as I mentioned, was drafted by the New England Patriots. Uh, deep in the depth chart there, uh, a good player, a productive player uh, at South Carolina, but you know, just has to have a lot of things fall his way uh, in order for him to become fantasy relevant. The Jaguars selected uh, Snoop Connor in this draft as well uh, in the fifth round. Uh, they already have Travis Etienne. They still have James Robinson, who did uh, unfortunately suffer the, the late season uh, Achilles injury. So we hope he comes back soon. He's, he's one of my favorite players. But Snoop Connor, interesting spot. Uh, he could fulfill like that Carlos Hyde type of a role. Um, and I believe Carlos Hyde is no longer there. It's a new regime now. Uh, no more Urban Meyer. Uh, we have uh, Doug Peterson there now as the head coach. So again, very late in your draft. A uh, decent opportunity there. We'll see how the health of James Robinson um, comes around. But definitely a guy to keep an eye on there. Very late, uh, very late in, in your deep drafts. Tier 8, Minnesota, Ty Chandler. He was uh, another really interesting player pre-draft, another older one, right? So he's he's coming in at 24 years old, um, but but a very productive player at, at North Carolina. He would be a priority free agent, just definitely got to have like on your on your watch list, especially in just the deepest of PPR leagues. Uh, definitely a solid stash that you can just again throw in the taxi and just see what happens. Uh, or just just kind of keep an eye on them. If you get them, great. If you miss out on them, no big deal. Uh, but a very interesting player in a good, in a potentially good situation. Then Las Vegas Raiders uh, as well. Uh, Sincere McCormick, again with the same logic as Zamir White. If Josh Jacobs doesn't come back uh, for the 2023 season. And Kenyon Drake as the presumed backup is just again on the older side now, just like that that running back carousel. Uh, it, it, it may just be Zamir White and Sincere McCormick. So uh, 
a, a very interesting player uh, as far as a deep prospect pre-draft. So he still is kind of in that same boat, but he would fall under what I would consider just a free agent watch list, just guy to keep your eye on. So that's the running backs. Uh, we will transition now into the wide receivers. So a really strong wide receiver class here, much deeper as far as quality compared to the running back class. Uh, so we'll just start at the top here with Atlanta taking Drake London as the first wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. I would imagine him going as early as 102. I don't see him going any later than 105. So for me, he would be the top wide receiver in this class as that offense is just in a state of transition. They will likely be a bad team, should be uh, another pass-heavy offense, and you love that for a team's projected wide receiver one in Drake London. Tennessee uh, drafted Traylon Burks as they traded away A.J. Brown, so a phenomenal uh, opportunity lies now uh, with Traylon Burks he basically is a he is basically comparable to AJ Brown who they just traded away so we we know what AJ Brown was in that offense just an absolute superstar so that's why i'm giving Traylon Burks um the the number 2 spot here he was drafted in the first round uh but i think his upside is immense he's an awesome player i would be very bullish uh to get him uh, as the wide receiver 2 off the board um but maybe just a little bit of growing pains may be there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is still the the starter, still a solid player. And the Tennessee Titans did draft uh, Malik Willis. So definitely a very interesting pairing uh, between the two of those. Then uh, my third wide receiver in this class would be Garrett Wilson. I have him also slated to potentially go 103 to 106, just like Traylon Burks. It, to be honest with, with these three wide receivers, I don't think it would be crazy if any one of these three was drafted as the first wide receiver in your rookie drafts. Uh, this is just the order that I would take them in, but it, I, it really wouldn't. I don't think it would be horrendous if if any one of these three was taken first uh, over the other. But Garrett Wilson, uh, a tremendous piece added to that New York Jets offense that really struggled last season. Uh, I do think you add in Brees Hall, you add in Garrett Wilson, you still have Elijah Moore. All of these factors are just going to overall elevate that offense. Uh, I mean, it really comes down to Zach Wilson and, and and his play, very up and down, mostly very bad as a rookie. But a player like Garrett Wilson, who I thought was the safest prospect um, in this class as far as the wide receivers go, a phenomenal fit in in an offense uh, that, that you definitely are going to want to be targeting. Uh, I would not hesitate to take him as the third wide receiver in this class. We'll go on to tier two. Uh, the Detroit Lions drafted Jamison Williams at 12th overall after trading all the way up from 32. Uh, he could have argue, arguably have been the top wide receiver in this class if he did not tear his ACL in the 2022 National Championship game. Another uh, offense that has nowhere to go but up. So, so Jamison Williams very well could be that alpha wide receiver once he is fully recovered and back on the field. 
I would take him as early as 1.06, and I do not think he will last beyond 1.09. So if you're picking in that range and you're targeting him, that's that would be the range that I think would be appropriate and realistic for him to either go as early as or as late as. And then it's a pretty close call here between the next two for me. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Chris Alave, uh, who the Saints also drafted or uh, traded up to select. Uh, so he was the third wide receiver off the board. And then Kansas City, as they are looking to replace Tyree Kill, they drafted Sky Moore uh, towards the end of the second round. So very good draft capital for both of these guys. Both of these players are really great. Um, I do like the landing spot of Sky Moore much better. Obviously, catching passes from Patrick Mahomes is is phenomenal. Uh, the Saints will likely have uh, Jameis Winston as a starter. So for fantasy purposes, we also like that a lot. I just give the slight edge to Sky Moore because of the Patrick Mahomes factor. Uh, but both of them I have uh, projected to go in, in the same pick range between 107 and 110. Tier three, I'll run through these names. Green Bay Packers, Christian Watson, Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens, and Washington, Jahan Dotson. Christian Watson, uh, the Packers did did trade up for at the very early second round, uh, second round, second pick. So, so they traded up. They they did not get the wide receiver in the first round, but you know, two more picks, it's the same difference. So Christian Watson, a uh, very interesting player. Uh, really athletic, really big frame for a wide receiver, did play in suboptimal competition, playing at North Dakota State University, but I can kind of ignore that fact because he's going to be catching passes from Aaron Rodgers in an offense that is missing its alpha wide receiver. So, so for me, Watson is very intriguing here, definitely a mid to late first round pick. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, got another wide receiver in the second round. They're, the hit rate that, that they've had on these second round wide receivers is pretty incredible. Going back to Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and now George Pickens, really talented wide receiver out of, out of Georgia. I like him as an early second round pick, although it would not surprise me if he was taken at the back end of the, of the first round in your rookie drafts. Um, and for me, the Pittsburgh Steelers selecting George Pickens is uh, basically uh, well, what what can come from that is Chase Claypool's days in Pittsburgh to being uh, a little bit numbered now. Uh, still a good player. Uh, I just think if we're trying to read between the lines and as far as these draft picks go, I think that is the way to interpret what's going to happen in that offense. Uh, so Pickens will be paired up with uh, Kenny Pickett, of course. So I do like that a lot. I would be very happy to get George Pickens in the early second round. Then Washington Commanders selected Jahan Dotson, one of my favorite players in this draft. Uh, I would not hesitate to take him in the early to mid second round. It uh, may be a little rough going to start um, with quarter with with new Commanders quarterback Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz, I, I have, um, I still have a big space in my heart for Carson Wentz as an Eagles fan, 
But um, ever since uh, the one season where he exited the playoffs with a concussion, he just did not seem to be the same player. A lot of the decision-making has just been really poor, very up and down after the Eagles traded him to the Indianapolis Colts last year. So I am just a little bit skeptical of his upside in Washington, despite having pretty good weapons there in Terry McLaurin, now Jahan Dotson. So so Dotson, I think you may have to exercise a little bit of patience with, despite him being a tremendous athlete, a really sure-handed wide receiver. Um, I do like him a lot here in the early to mid-second round, but definitely may be a little bit patient. Now, uh, in the last episode, I did talk about Sam Howell getting drafted by the Commanders, so that'll be interesting, right? If 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 Wentz is pretty good, or if he starts to fall off, Howell could step in, and I think that could really elevate that whole offense. Uh, so so Dotson, it's kind of a waiting game either way. He may be solid with, with Wentz, obviously, but Howell could uh, definitely take that offense to another level. At least that's what I believe could be the case. Tier four, we have the Cleveland Browns selecting David Bell. He was taken uh, basically towards the end of the third round. I think it, it was a it was a compensatory pick at this point. Really great route runner. He falls a little bit because he did not test well in the pre-draft uh, testing uh, processes. But uh, really great route runner. I think he instantly becomes the wide receiver two in Cleveland behind only Amari Cooper. So with Deshaun Watson being the quarterback, most likely uh, that is very exciting. So I am absolutely going to be thrilled to land David Bell in the mid to late, uh, the mid to late second round of your rookie drafts. Then we'll look at Houston uh, wide receiver John Mitchie. He was taken in the second round as well, which is very encouraging because he did uh, end his season with a torn ACL. So it's just a matter of time until he is recovered and, and back and, and back to be on the field. He'll be lining up alongside of uh, Brandon Cooks again in an offense that I think is actually uh, pretty sneaky good. Uh, so I'm very excited for him there. Would not hesitate to take him in the late second. And then the Indianapolis Colts, uh, they selected uh, another favorite of mine uh, in this draft. Uh, that was Alec Pierce. My comp for him all along was Eric Decker, but just a faster version of him. So in this case, the, the uh, draft capital keeps that comp alive, which I was really happy about. He demonstrated blazing speed at the combine with a frame of an X receiver or like a big slot. So I really love that fit in, in, in the Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. is is like the X receiver there. So he will take most of the attention. Uh, but I think Matt Ryan should be able to get Pierce the ball uh, enough that I think he could be second on the team in targets. Of course, it, it is an offense that runs through Jonathan Taylor, the stud running back, but really like Alec Pierce in the late second or early third round picks or the early third round of your rookie draft. Tier five, we have New York Giants, Wando Robinson, another favorite of mine. He has a little bit more uh, of a gadget player. Teams have to be, or, or the Giants will have to be pretty creative to get him involved, which I believe their new head coach, Brian uh, Dobble, will be able to do. I like Robinson in the early to mid third round. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys had to try to find a replacement for Amari Cooper, so they turned their their sights on the Jalen uh, Tolbert, the big and athletic wide receiver out of South Alabama. 
He is a pretty easy mid-third round target to take. Uh, Very good offense there in Dallas. A little bit of competition for targets. You still have CeeDee Lamb. You still have Michael Gallup. You have Dalton Schultz, a rising tight end. And then Jalen Tolbert. So a little bit of patience perhaps, but definitely a good fit. And that's what we want to target. Talented players in good offenses. So definitely a guy I like to get in the mid-third. Another guy I really like to get in the mid-third, or at least target in the mid-third, is Khalil Khalil Shakir, who was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. So that Buffalo Bills landing spot is phenomenal. They did have a need at wide receiver. And um, an interesting piece about Shakir is that uh, J.J. Zacharyson, his, his prospect model, his comp for Shakir was Cooper Cup. So... Again, it might not be exactly Cooper Cup, but you can just kind of use your imagination. A Cooper Cup in a Josh Allen-led offense. Yes, please. I will take that all day long in the mid-third. Phenomenal landing spot for a really intriguing prospect. Tier 6, the New England Patriots uh, drafted semi-surprising draft capital on Tyquan Thornton. Blazing speed. really good leaping ability knows how to come down with the ball. Uh, it's just interesting because they just have a lot of wide receivers there. It seems Jacoby Myers, Devonte Parker came over in free agency. They added Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne in, in free agency last year. Uh, they obviously have their franchise quarterback of the future and Mac Jones. Uh, so I don't know. I think Thornton just being like, like the, 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 um, Easily the youngest wide receiver there and the fastest, probably the most athletic at this point. Very interesting spot. I would not hesitate to take him in the late third, especially the early fourth, uh, just because of the depth of this class. If you've already taken a couple of wide receivers, you just might want to go a different direction in the late third, early fourth, you know, get like one of the top uh, tight ends like Jelani Woods or Greg Dulcich. But either way, uh, Thornton, can't go wrong with a player of his athletic profile and that speed. So I like that a lot. Then the Green Bay Packers did draft another wide receiver in this draft with uh, Romeo Dubes. Uh, I like him in the early to mid fourth round, another big bodied target for Aaron Rodgers uh, with a receiving core that can really use some help. So you have Dubes, you have Watson, who we mentioned earlier, Alan Lazard, of course, and they still got Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers coming back from last year. So definitely opportunity, uh, exists for, for Dubes. But again, you just have to manage your expectations picking this late in the draft. But again, this late in the draft, you want to target, the wide receivers who were productive in college, that's Dubes, who are catching passes from the top passers in the league, Aaron Rodgers. That is also Romeo Dubes. So I like him a lot in that early to mid fourth round. Pittsburgh selected uh, another wide receiver in this draft, uh, Calvin Austin, another really fast player, another one of these uh, ultra athletes out of Memphis, uh, kind of adding to that tradition there. So, Pittsburgh Steelers are really trying to do all they can for Kenny Pickett, but to keep it just to Calvin Austin here, a a very unique athlete, uh, could project to be uh, like like another gadget type of player like Wando Robinson, like the Debo Samuels of the world and Cordero Patterson's of the world, Tavon Austin's of the world. So very interesting player there, uh, but another reason that I think Chase Claypool may be on the way out in Pittsburgh. Again, 
very happy to take a player of Austin's caliber in a good situation like Pittsburgh in the early to mid fourth. Tier seven, we have Chicago Bears selecting Vellis Jones. I like him as a late fourth round pick or an early fifth round pick. Um, decent draft capital here uh, at the top of the third round. They drafted him seventh overall in the third round. Uh, what's interesting about him is that the Chicago Bears are still pretty wide receiver needy. Um, they have Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, but really not a ton after them. So Velas Jones could uh, be as low as their wide receiver three. Very athletic player. The main issue with him is his age. He is 24 years old, and there is jokes aplenty over that during the draft. Um, but he could step in and uh, compete for targets as early as year one. So this late in your rookie draft, that's really attractive despite his old, his slightly older age. Um, pretty nice. So uh, especially in an offense that it has nowhere to go but up and uh, with that opportunity, pretty good uh, at this point of, of a rookie draft. So definitely keep an eye on him in that late fourth, early fifth. And the Kansas City Chiefs uh, did sign Justin Ross as an undrafted free agent. I knew he had health concerns, but he was one of my absolute favorite players coming into this draft. I really couldn't believe he he wasn't drafted. Uh, but I guess the the the, uh, the the medical concerns were just too great for a lot of teams. Extremely productive in his first two seasons in Clemson before he missed the 2020 season. Uh, where he had to get a pretty significant surgery on his cervical spine. Uh, and then he was able to, to return to the field. So I found that to be very encouraging in the 2021 season. Uh, performed pretty good uh, with uh, worse quarterback play. But he did leave last season with an ankle injury where he missed the last three games. So a couple injuries there. Uh, but for me, he is just the perfect type of taxi squad player, nothing but upside, tremendously talented, definitely a uh, injury risk, obviously, but lands in one of the best landing spots for a wide receiver in Kansas City. So I really like him there. Tennessee, uh, Kyle Phillips, they drafted uh, him late in the draft uh, as they are now uh, extremely wide receiver needy after trading away A.J. Brown and cutting Julio Jones. Um, they did draft Traylon Brooks in the first round and then Kyle Phillips here uh, in the uh, towards the end of the fifth round. He will project to be like a, a slot receiver. So that's a pretty nice spot uh, for him to be in. Again, still a run first offense, but you could do much worse here in the mid fifth round targeting a player like Kyle Phillips. I think he has pretty sneaky upside as a slot receiver in that Tennessee offense. Then tier eight, these are guys um, to target uh, late in the fifth round or in the middle of the fifth round. San Francisco, uh, Danny Gray, who they selected in the third round as a compensatory pick. Very interesting as they seem to have um, already a pretty crowded house as far as, as far as wide receivers go. But getting him in the third round kind of raised an eyebrow. So keep an eye on him. Uh, good offense. We do hope that uh, Trey Lance is the quarterback. I think Jimmy Garoppolo's limitations are just too vast at this point. Um, 
So again, if, if Trey Lance is named the starter, I think uh, any pass catching weapon in that offense is worth taking a look at. Then Miami, uh, they drafted a really big bodied wide receiver here in Eric Azukanma. He's going to be buried on the depth chart on an ascending offense. So we do like that, but they do have Tyree Kill. They do have Jalen Waddle. They still have Mike Gusecki and they brought in Cedric Wilson. So it's really going to be tough for him to, to, to get on the field, but he's a big body receiver. Um, so, so, so you like that. Obviously he's pretty unique from, from what their uh, receiving core uh, has there, but late fifth round, uh, not a bad place to look. Then the last player I'm going to mention is Seattle Seahawk, uh, Bo Melton, a very versatile player. Uh, he's going to be used in on special teams and potentially as, as a slot receiver. Uh, obviously, the, the Seattle offense is going to be pretty poor. But uh, as they transition, if he is a versatile enough player, uh, he could definitely find himself on the field again late late fifth round pick priority free agent in just the deepest of leagues uh so really just maybe a guy to kind of have on your watch list but yeah so uh so there's your running backs and there's your wide receivers again check out episode 3 to take a look at what i think about the quarterbacks and the tight ends of this class um and then yeah uh if you keep uh checking in on the show we're going to have a lot of awesome stuff coming up for you uh, we're going to have an interview uh, with, with some of your favorite people in the fantasy football community. And um, again, I urge you to check out the IDP Guys Rookie Magazine. It's a fantastic resource. Again, take that, go through our YouTube channel, look at all of our mock drafts and our breakdowns. Uh, really fantastic content on the YouTube channel and on the website. And use this podcast as well as a resource. Put it all together. I believe you will be more than prepared for your ever important rookie drafts. So uh, I'm Steve at Fantasy Ladder. Uh, please follow me on Twitter. I'm always accessible to answer any questions or concerns you have uh, regarding your fantasy teams uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. That way you never miss new content from IDP guys. And it is IDP oriented, but at the site, We've got offense too, so I'm just here to uh, remind you of that. Uh, so that's going to do it for episode four. Keep climbing.